This is Randy Lawson, and you're listening to the Three Count Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Chaz Evans. You are listening to the Three Count Podcast. Let's go down the roster. Introducing first, he is my tag team partner. He's the man that run this show because I don't run shit. I don't do shit. I just talk shit. He's the landlord of the dog pound. He is the red dog, Cliff Miller. Injury recover catchphrase. My groin. (laughs) And introducing second. He is over 5,000 years old. He was alive when the dinosaurs were here. And if you didn't know, now you know he has a pet T-Rex that he doesn't have to go clean today. He owes Jesus some money. And you know what? Judas is his best friend. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the supervillain, Damien Fatal. No, Jesus owes me money, and I want my shit. Get it right. He wants his six pieces of silver. Exactly. (laughs) I want my (laughs) myrrh. I want my (laughs) myrrh. Oh. Introducing next, he is actually on time because guess what? He's Showtime Jeremy Grimes. He's the man that deserves an Oscar. He deserves a Tony. He deserves a Grammy. He deserves an Emmy, a daytime Emmy, a primetime Emmy. Hell, give this man a Teen Nick Kids Choice Awards. Give it up for Showtime Jeremy Grimes. I ain't got nothing to say, but uh, all good over here in the hood. My groin works perfectly fine. Can you say the same, Red Dog? Oh, That's just mean. Oh, You know what, man? I can't wait. I'm glad that that bald spot in the back of your head is finally matching the rest of your face. (laughs) (laughs) You look like a knockoff Steve-O with a beard. Talk about All my right. grind again. Talk about my grind again, okay? <laughs> oh, man. That's how this show is going, guys. And now y'all, y'all know what type of show we're about to have today. Um, last but certainly not the least, the only reason he's on this show is because he's my little brother. Um, currently, he's right here in studio with me taking a nap. Ladies and gentlemen, you may know him as the Napster because, uh, well, he's taking a nap. Um, you may know him as JJ, Joshua, Josh, but here... On the three count, we call him Q. Ladies and gentlemen, Q. Uh, shoot, I just signed a 10-year extension for a billion dollars. Oh, wait, that's the wrong sport. Okay. Um, you ain't signed no 10-year 10, 10 deal here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Not on this podcast. I was like, you signed a 10-year deal for free 99. <laughs> right. I, I need it for exposure. <laughs> Y'all get hot dogs and handshakes, and we're all out of hot dogs. <laughs> yep. So just get the handshake. Anyway, uh, I like to take the sidewalks, keep me up the street. Some dangerous times going on right now. I guess Portland's still having a revolutionary war, I guess. So make sure you guys are locked and loaded. Chitty, chitty, bang, murder everything. And don't get tear gassed. <laughs> wow. It's not that bad. 
I've had it twice. You know, rioters, you, you, you get the prices. All righty then. Ladies and gentlemen, like you know, uh, this is the Three Count Podcast. So, got to go down through some announcements. If you have not, if you have not listened to the recent episode of the Three Count Podcast presents now entering the ring featuring the Baltimore Beast Mason, uh, Mason Martin, then you need to stop right now, pause this episode, go back into your episode list, go listen to that one first, then come back and listen to this one, okay? Trust me, you don't want to miss that one. Also, if you want to support your favorite podcast, the Three Count Podcast, uh, monetarily, that is, and you know, because you're supporting us by listening to us, but monetarily, go get yourself a Three Count Podcast t-shirt, ladies and gentlemen. ProWrestlingTees.com slash the Three Count Pod. There you will find all of our merch. You can get a Three Count Podcast logo t-shirt like your boy Cliff is wearing. You could get a catchphrase shirt, which is uh, Cliff's very own shirt. Or you could get a OG crew shirt, which has the, the OGs uh, sitting there at the table looking cartoonish. Or you could get, well, who gives a crap? Just buy a shirt, damn it. So with that being said, go get yourself a Three Count Podcast t-shirt. 3CP, 3CP. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Three C P. Oh, gang signs. Three C P E. Why are my fingers so long? Yeah. <laughs> you got like alien fingers there, bro. Dude, shit. Is this fucking signs? <laughs> oh man. So, all right, let's go through this. Let's get right down to business. So, I gotta let everyone know. Give everyone the update on the pay-per-view scores. Uh, last week was the uh, horror show that was extreme. I mean, the horror show at Extreme Rules. Oh, no, no. You had it right the first time. You had it right the first time. Okay, that's fine. I, I was trying to be nice. But the horror show that was called Extreme Rules, <laughs> we uh, we did we played it by the pencil a couple weeks ago. And, well, let's just say this was an interesting show. Oh. Um, we're not going to do a review show because uh, I think we all can equally agree that that show was hot garbage. Well, I mean, they didn't false advertise. No, 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 they didn't. He's right. No, you're right. It was a horror show. <laughs> it was a horror show. Um, so I got everyone's scores, and uh, here we go. Cliff, 50%. Hey, <laughs> let's go. JJ, you have a new record. Because technically speaking, new record in terms of I got all of them wrong, or no, you have a new record as far as winning percentage because you have both the record on getting them all wrong and getting a lot of them right. Your your highest average was seventy one, and that was at Backlash. But for the horror show that was Extreme Rules, your percentage is eighty three percent. Yes, oh, yes. All right, um, I end up with a uh, lousy 66%. Uh, Chris Idle, who is uh, not here with us, may he uh, rest in pieces. Um, he's at a 50%, just 50% correct. So, Damien and Jeremy, you guys got the easy route because this score uh, from this show, at the, the horror show at Extreme Rules, determines your average for the remainder, you know, your starting average. And... It just so happens that you guys didn't do bad, like some people did. 
But obviously, David, you did 50%. And Jeremy, you came up with 66. I want to recount. I did do a recount. That's the thing. <laughs> I would <laughs> He totally I tried to kill one for me. I did it twice to make sure I was right. So <laughs> 66%. So now, but here's the thing though, Jeremy, you'll you'll be okay with this though. Now, for everyone's total averages, so that includes so as far as me, Cliff, JJ, and uh Idol, our average scores, which will be taken in, you know, since from Mania. Uh Cliff, your total average is 52%, correct? JJ, you're at 56%. Me and Idol somehow strangely are tied. At fifty-eight percent, chess rigged. And <laughs> Damien, because of your score at Extreme Rules, your average is fifty percent. Uh, and in first place right now, ladies and gentlemen, at Extreme Rules, Jeremy Grimes is number one with sixty-six <laughs> percent. Did you expect anything less, Chaz? Did you expect anything less? Uh, I, honestly, I, I thought I had 83% when I first did the math. So I was like, hey, go my average up. But then I redid it and realized that technically speaking, Sasha Banks did not win. <laughs> I forgot that Stephanie did say that, no, she didn't win. So Steph trumps all. So, But she won that night. No, she didn't. Was there a three count? Is there was it barely one little official ref? Didn't count. Hey, she had a referee shirt on. That's all I saw. She lied. <laughs> <laughs> but yep, those are the scores. So right now, the uh, Jeremy is in the lead of getting the golden pencil trophy at the end of the year. So let's move on down the list to the Wednesday night rundown. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So guess what? I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't have the scores and, and the numbers with me right now, so I'm looking them up as we speak. <laughs> what I'm probably going to do is edit this out and put an ad in. Because so, <laughs> I, I did not have it like I thought I did. So, Cliff, kill time for me while I find the, uh, the numbers. Okay, I got it. That was it. great. All righty. So, like I said, here's the Wednesday night rundown. <laughs> So, AEW, uh, again, the NXT in the uh, ratings, uh, had a total of one point. I'm, wait, wait, wrong one. Sorry. 845,000 viewers, and that's a 0.32 in the key demos, while NXT came in at 615,000 viewers, and they had a 0.17 in the key demos. So, AW wins again. Um, they're up again, and they've only had, they've only tied once. So that's the Wednesday night war down rundown. We're gonna skip things a bit. We're gonna go right to the Red Dogs power rankings to get this over with. So it's now time for the greatest segment in all of three count podcast segments. It's time for the Red Dogs power ranking. Well, so I guess we'll have to um, uh, thank Hollow Drive for 
our favorite version of Danger Zone. It's amazing. And uh, we lost Jeremy, so now he can't argue these points. And I'm glad for it. <laughs> so let's start it off, right? Number 10. Um, so there's been a change to the last card that I sent out to the guys. So number 10, uh, Grand Metalik. Uh, I, loved, I loved the match on SmackDown. I thought that was the best match of the night, so definitely put it down. Uh, number nine, oh, my Seth Rollins makes the spot. Number eight, uh, the man known for Australian strong style, uh, Bronson Reed, makes the list. Number seven, because I thoroughly enjoyed this match between these two lovely ladies. It was the Battle of the Handkerchief match. Uh, DeMonte makes our, makes our list at number seven. Number six, with the huge upset on Monday Night Raw. I'll give it up for Kyrie Sane because I thought that was a fun match to watch as well. Uh, number actually, that's number six. Number five. Uh, how did you guys feel about thumbtacks on AEW Dynamite? Oh, okay. Well, here we go. Uh, I don't like. I don't. I don't dislike it. I don't dislike it. Um, my crazy self. Uh, I always want to do a thumbtack spot just for the shit of it. Um, don't do it. It hurts. I know it hurts. Um, I'm not like, I no, it's really it once. I was supposed to do it once with uh, with Idol, but I just forgot to bring the thumbtacks. Look, it hurts more taking out than it does going in. It's I believe funny. that though. I believe that though. But um, I think it was it was it was. I mean, as long as they don't they don't do it every week, you know, it's it's fine here and there. I think that's that think that's just my deal. As long as we don't see it, it's just you know every time we have a no disqualification match or. Or a gimmick match, someone's pulling out thumbtacks. So, um, I don't, I don't, don't, I don't dislike it. I was like, oh shit, because it's not what I thought it was in the bag at first. I thought it was, you know, um, what you call it? What do you? I don't even know what to call sugar it. Sugar glass? Huh? Sugar glass? Fake no. glass? No, I oh, thought it was what the, you know, the the, ball, the little tennis ball. It's not tennis balls. It's baseballs. Oh, baseball. Yeah, the baseball. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know. So, yeah. I would I would normally say Eddie would be on this list as well too if this was like if I was just going by favorite matches, but obviously we go by people who won. So Cody gets that spot, but that match was great, man. I never liked it. Actually, it wasn't that bad. Number four. Gotta yeah, get it up. Give it up to the man. He makes the list two weeks in a row. Chris Bay. And then we get to our top three. I love fuck. I just wanna say. I love the fact that there are some impact wrestlers in this t- in this uh power ranking this week. I love it. That's right, Impact. Yeah, and you know what's funny, man? It's it's big shout outs to Chris Idol for turning us over to Impact and making us watch it. Cause like now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna take you. I'll pick you too. Yeah, you yeah, watch. right. Yep, yep. You'll be watching it on uh, Tuesday night, won't you? I will be consistently. <laughs> See? So. It's back actually good. Raw, we have to go back to the best tag team match. You know, in in the uh, you know what I can't say the whole week, but definitely between all the shows on uh, WWE programming. So Street Profits take the number three spot. I thought they had a great match. Number two, another Impact team makes the list, and that team is the Motor City Machine Guns. <laughs> and then last but not least, uh, it was the best match at the horror show, in my opinion. And I cannot say enough about Cesaro and Nakamura. So they get right. the top spot this week. 
Yeah. Yeah, the match was good. Like the only good match. It was the only good match. I, no, no, no. It was not the only good match. Sasha, Sasha and, well, Sasha Sasha and Oscar. Oscar. Got by the yeah, the, it, the ending. It, got ruined that match. Yeah. Uh, it just got ruined for me at the end. With that I, can, I, I, can, I, I, I can take that, though. I can take that. But no, like the match itself was good until all that BS happened. Yeah. Yeah, until Karen got involved and put the. Uh... And that's yeah, what I think, that's one thing I say, too, is that all the matches can't have like a funky ending. Like, I want like clear winners. And even though Bailey technically had the three count and had the bell ring and then gave, gave the title to Sasha, like, it was kind of it was weird and it kind of took me out of the match. Like, the match itself was great until the ending. And I felt like that was a lot for the horror show anyway. Was like yeah. most of the matches were really good, and they have some kind of funk, fucked up ending, and you're like, "Well, I don't like that at all, and I don't like this match." <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, that, that was sounds about right. That was the horror show, literally a bunch of inconsistent finishes or people getting buried without them actually being on television. Apollo <laughs> Cruz, uh, yeah. Wow. I will say though, like I do have to say, one of the matches I did, I had to go back and rewatch it. Now, I, I can't really count it in the in the power rankings, right? But the Bray Wyatt Braun Strowman match I thought was really great. I haven't go back and watch it. It actually wasn't bad. Yeah, I had to go back and re-listen to it and rewatch it, and then like I a whole different set of eyes just kind of like came to it, and I was like, "Yo, bro!" Like there was so much like intricate put into that match. I was like, "Yo, it blew my mind." Like especially where Bray, uh, the Eater World Bray, told Braun Strowman that he was stuck inside the, the Fiend's uh, world. And the only way he was going to get out was by break, uh, beating Braun. And then, like, at the end, you see Braun get drowned. And then, like, you see Bray try to reach out, and he gets drowned. And then the Fiend pops out. I was like, bro, that's that's the best fucking ending for this. I was so happy. It was, a good, it was a good ending of how they ended it. Yeah. Braun can't act, but that's neither here. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Braun tried, though. You know. I think that's the, that's the actor in me. You know, going to acting school and stuff. You know, with the, with the cinematic matches, I have you know that actor's eye starts to click. You know, kick in and I start criticizing everything. But other than that, you know, all in all, I I do agree that that was a perfect ending. Um, Swamp match for what it was was really good. Um, just Braun's just a terrible actor. <laughs> I think I said that in the group chat. You did say that. I, I was like, you like, you, okay, you like, said what I thought. Oh, when no, I was watching yeah, I it, I was thinking as I'm watching this with with um Brianna, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I like this, but Braun, good God, good God, <laughs> this is t- like Braun, like oh man, you need to go take a master class with somebody, like. <laughs> but oh, oh, as far as we're just looking from a match standpoint and everything else, it was I really do enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the uh, Swamp Match, it was but truly a horror film. It was a horror film. Yes, it because was. Usually, people that they get in those. You're funny. You're funny. So we're gonna move on here. We're gonna go. uh, We get right down to business into our first topic. So, um, like Cliff said earlier, we gotta thank uh the big uh the big swole man uh Chris Idol for putting us really uh, making us force us to watch Slammiversary uh, a couple weeks ago. And um, Impact is uh back on our uh topic list. So, um, just to give you a brief little blurb, um. So Impact was pulling substantial numbers, you know, point blank on another network, and they were on they're on Access TV now, and they're also do their shows on Twitch. And so, but with the resurgence of Impact and all the publicity is getting, it's brought a lot of eyes to 
the product. And so Pro Wrestling Torch, let me make sure I read this correctly. Pro Wrestling Torch has revealed Impact Wrestling's ratings for the first time in 2020. These ratings only go back a few weeks, but they were unpublished prior to this point. The results show a 4% rise from last week following the Slammiversary pay-per-view. So, with that being said, the previous week of Impact Wrestling, which is before Summer, I mean, not SummerSlam, Slammiversary, drew in an audience of 156,000 fans. And then the, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, that was the week, yeah, that was the previous week. And then the previous week after that brought in 163 friends to Access TV. Now, the average for Impact's wrestling shows since around March is 145. So we're looking at a, like I said, a 4% jump. And then we're looking at possibly the resurgence of Impact. So um, my question in the debate topic is this. Are we seeing a resurgence or a rise in Impact Wrestling after, uh, you know, Slammiversary? Keep, keep in mind, though, that, you know, they averaged 174 in January through March, but that was, you know, prior to COVID-19 and everything and having live fans. So, but 4% rise in, uh, you know, and viewership, that's got to be good. So are we seeing the resurgence of impact? Damien, you start us off with this one, bro. Uh, I'm going to have to say yes, because they have the alternative product. Like, it's good wrestling. Storylines are actually not that horrible. Like, everybody's, like, busting their ass. Like, they're they're trying to do their own thing, and that's a good thing. Like, they're not trying to be like WWE anymore. And, like, you know, they, they, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I'm kind of mad that I haven't been watching it sooner. But with everything that's going on, I tell them to keep up the good damn work. Cliff? Uh, I'm going to be honest, man. Like, if it wasn't for the curiosity peaking of – what's going to happen with Heath Slater as well as Good Brothers and EC3 and all those guys, I probably still wouldn't be checking out Impact. But after Slammiversary, like seeing Chris Bay, the North, obviously Mortis and Machine Guns, like now I can like start listening off these talents. And I'm just like, I'm kind of glad they're there, but I'm also kind of glad to see some faces that I do get, can be familiar with. Cause like seeing EC3 on the show, seeing Eric Young, seeing Heath with no last name on the show, as well as seeing Rhino, I know Rhino has been there for previously, but it's just fun to see like all WWE talent and then they get to mix up with new talent. So I'm definitely excited seeing those guys um, put into work. And so, yeah, I have to agree. Like I, I'm enjoying what I'm watching and I'm going to keep watching it. And I know it's not all about the those ex WWE superstars. I'm just happy to see them. And it just kind of makes the transition easy for me. Um, so I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I like Slammiversary. Yes, Chaz, I've actually gotten to watch it. I'm about to say, I, I, I've been hounding you to watch that show. Yeah, he's been, he's been like... Because it's a good show! <laughs> I, was, I was thoroughly surprised. It was actually a really, really good show. Um, I haven't checked out, like, Impact on Tuesdays yet, but, like, it's piqued my interest. 
So, so like the 4% increase, cool beans, keep doing what you're doing. Um, just don't call Dixie Carter or Hulk Hogan. But they ain't got to worry about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, all right, I guess it, it, here's my take on this. Impact has a history of being really good for a little bit and shit, and then going right back to shits. Which is why I'm I bought not gonna say I've never not watched Impact. I catch it here and there, and if something you know, if if, if there's a match or something that has been really high public, you know, publicized that I should watch, then I'll, maybe I'll check out the pay per view. Vice versa, Tessa Blanchard winning the belt against Sammy Callahan. I tuned in for that. So that was uncomfortable. You know, the funny thing is about it was uncomfortable. I actually didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't feel uncomfortable watching Sammy and Tessa go at it, though. Like I would probably feel if it was anybody else. Maybe I, I already went through. I, I went into it knowing that I'm about to see an intergender match and I'm about to see a man beat the shit out of a woman and vice versa. So I kind of get. I guess that you know I already have my mindset that this that's coming going in that that's what I'm about to watch, but like. I don't want to say that this is a resurgence of impact too soon, just because, you know, Slammiversary happened and the week after we had a, uh, you know, a big jump in these past couple weeks. I don't want to jump the gun too soon because like I said, impact has had a history of this where they, where they get some steam going and then some, they do some dumb shit and then no one's watching again. No, that's true. And like you know, higher and harder. Like, like, let's just keep it a stack. Like, let's keep it like, like let's be real. They've been doing this since honestly 2008. <laughs> yeah. Whereas they'll gain some steam around, like, oh shit, here comes impact, and then some dumb shit happens, and they do something stupid, and we're like, yeah, fuck impact. Let me go watch SmackDown. Let me go watch Raw. So I don't want to jump. I, I just maybe it's just because I've. I've known Impact way too long now to give them all the credit, but I have to give them the credit when it's due. These past couple weeks, you know, have been really good wrestling. <laughs> I think it sounds like you just got your feelings hurt so much. Well, and you're just I, like, I, I don't want to go back to you. You're going to hurt You me. know what it is? You know, the, the bad thing, it is like an ex-girlfriend. Impact is like an ex-girlfriend. They say they change, but they always fuck up. And then this time they say they changed again. But I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, we told me you changed like four times now. Well, but, I mean, they, they got rid of the bullshit. They got yes, rid of the right, dummy. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. They have got rid of the, the people who really put the shit in the shit that's, that was TNA. Yeah. So, yes. But I'm still, I'm still hesitant. I can see that. I'm still hesitant. Now, granted, am I, am I gonna still am I still gonna watch Impact this week? Yes, I'm gonna watch Impact this week, just like I watched it last week and the week prior. I'm gonna keep watching Impact until they piss me off again, <laughs> like they normally do, because that's how I three months. Like that's how Impact does. I watch Impact regularly till they piss me off. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll keep my Tuesday nights free. So I'm gonna watch it till they piss me off. <laughs> but I don't want to officially put a stamp saying yes. This is the second coming of Impact because we've seen this before. Good. Then I'll say it. 
This is the second impact of the second coming of impact mm. because the last time I watched impact main event mafia was in the main event. <laughs> and I didn't well, I mean, watch after that. You know, Oh, you see, well, yeah, it's, it's the thing I, to, 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 uh, to take that. Well, if you stayed longer, you would have been like, you know, that went to shit, but then aces and eights picked back up and everything was good again. Bully Ray, TNA champion, and then what happened? That went to shits. It's because so, they hired Hogan and Bischoff. I mean, yeah. Oh, by the way, fuck Hulk Hogan, even though he has to go back in for surgery again. Fuck him. He's a racist. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, really? I, I, got the, I got the notification on my phone as I was doing the intro, and I was just like, well, fuck him. Um, wow. Did Hulk Hogan piss in your Cheerios? Yeah, he's a fucking racist, so. <laughs> I'm a fucking I have a Black Lives Matter sign behind me right now. So, <laughs> and I'm about to get a Black Wrestlers Matter shirt. So, <laughs> whoa, um, yeah. But yeah. that's my I saw that's my take on Impact. I don't I don't want to jump the gun and you know be like, hey, yes, this is the second coming, and then some bullshit happens, and then we're like, yeah. So what's on AEW tonight on Wednesday? You know. But to your point, Cliff, it is it is an alternative. I was like, I'm gonna keep watching Impact as long as they don't, you know, bring enhanced talent just to get crushed by people who are on the main roster. Like maybe another, <laughs> maybe no, another promotion on Wednesday nights do for Tuesday Tuesday uh, YouTube channels. Twitch, Twitch. Oh well, I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh, by the way, I still say fuck Rob Van Dam. <laughs> he's the worst part about impact i swear man like you guys are have you guys will have like the best twitter beef of all time and it all started because he stole your your kool-aid pack that one time at the wwe show you know what that sounds like a great plan <laughs> <laughs> all righty so you gotta put it out in the speaking yeah. out movement and be like this yeah, one time I was at a WWE show in the front row with my dad, and I had my Kool-Aid pack in my hand. And then this man with a long ponytail and this really nice-looking singlet came up, and he took it, and he drank it, and he said, thanks, dude. And then he went in the ring, and I'll never forget the day that Rob Van Dam took my Kool-Aid pack from me, and I've hated him ever since. <laughs> you know what? It's either that or, or he didn't. You know, he took too many hits to the blunt when I was smoking with him. It seemed like... <laughs> See, like the yeah. it happens. All righty, so we're gonna move on. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have uh, if you have not been on uh, Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, these past week, and you have not seen the uh, the recent hashtag movement that's been going on, because that's the thing in 2020, Twitter and hashtag movements. Um, and you didn't see that uh, Naomi. The WWE superstar was trending. Two-time SmackDown and, Women's Champion. Okay, give her yes, some Yes, former two-time. That's what I said, two times. Yes. Two-time, two-time, two-time. Okay, stop. Former no, – no, no, don't do that. Because <laughs> the person who actually invented that, you know, well, not invented, but started that, is what we're uh, – is the, you know, what we're about to you know, shit on. Is culprit? No, we're about to shit on him. So – um, Booker T. Oh, and I'm I'm, going, I'm jumping the bond. I'm jumping the gun. So Naomi uh was trending. Hashtag Naomi deserves better. Uh, was trending on Twitter because um the fact that uh number one the women in on SmackDown 
period, if they're not Sasha or Bailey, pretty much haven't been shown in a you know, good light in a sense. It will call it like it is. They, they, they haven't done anything substantial. Um, Naomi had a match with Lacey Evans and she lost. And before that, not even that, Jess, you gotta put more context into it. She lost in like two minutes. Okay, she lost in two minutes. And then before that, the week prior, we had a WWE version of American Idol with um, our fellow female superstars. And quite frankly, it wasn't good. <laughs> um, also, context, they apparently used Naomi to show shots at AEW by having her sing uh, Dusty Rhodes' theme song. If those don't know, Dusty Rhodes is Cody Rhodes' theme song. But if you're listening to Spotify, <laughs> you're a wrestling fan, so um, you would know that. That was pretty funny. I'm just saying. You would think that's funny. Damn Skippy. You would think that's funny after you know the a couple weeks after we talk about the uh, you know the shots at uh, WWE were egregious. But anyway, um, so she's uh, Naomi was trending and Booker T on his podcast, which you should not listen to because you should listen to our podcast, um, had some words to say. So this is what he said, and granted, I will try not to get pissed off while reading this. So Buki addressed the the hashtag, Naomi deserves better hashtag, which came up after a recent loss to Lacey Evans on SmackDown during a recent episode of his Hall of Fame podcast. He dismissed the idea of such movements. And this is a quote from Booker T, the five-time world champion. I said, to hell with all these hashtags. That's what I said, Booker T said. Maybe because I'm old school and I can't see myself. Back in the day, we did have the dirt sheets and could have easily got in the dirt sheets by saying something. I just couldn't see myself using social media on that platform to try to move up in the business. And especially if you're talented. I said Naomi is probably the most athletic female in the locker room and perhaps anywhere in the world as far as the wrestling business goes. But as far as making it to the level, it is channels you got to go through. It is a learning curve and really in-depth studying you have to go through to actually get to that point. Trust me, it doesn't happen by accident. Just because you can go out and do a backflip or a big move It's not always about the move, guys. It's really not. I always think about when I was told, well, I'm sorry, excuse me. I always think about what was told to me by guys like Ricky the Dragon, Steamboats, and the stuff like that. It resonated. Anybody out in the world that's trying to get into this business, if you think someone like Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, cannot help you learn this business better, even still today, okay, that's your opinion. So, with that being said, Napster has taken a nap through all that, but the question of the topic is this. Was Booker T's uh, comments uh, out in poor taste? Let's, 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 let's take it. Let's use that word. In poor be a nice, nice. I, I, I'm, I'm being nice, nice, because what I have to say is going to be mean. So yeah, Same here. Um. That's what I'm going to say. So, is Booker T's comments in poor taste? Cliff, you can start us off on this one because, yeah. let's granted, you're the only white guy here. Let's, let's keep That's, it a stack. <laughs> yeah, white guy, on. you speak first. 
I always, you know what? I always do this. Whenever it's really a race thing that is involved in our topics, I make Cliff talk first, just so I can see what he's gonna say because he can t- he can make the tone for the rest of our arguments. <laughs> it's entertaining. It's entertaining, Cliff. That's all it is. Remember, listeners. Remember, we gotta get the listeners and the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are my thoughts on Booker T? Um, you know what's funny, man, is that Booker T didn't grow up in this era, right, where the fans really wanted to get behind somebody and really support them. Uh, the thing I have a problem with is that this is the same dude who laid on a mat for 30 seconds at WrestleMania while Triple H slowly pulled himself over to pin him, all because that was the finish. Uh, I think I think he just, you know, he's got to adapt to the changes, man. Like, I get that he's like an old head. He's got a, he's got a powerful voice, and he can tell people like, hey, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. But as far as social media, you can't control what the fans do. The fans ultimately want to see who they want to see get pushed. If Vince McMahon doesn't want to listen to the fans, that's his fucking fault. We can see what's going on with the goddamn ratings. I think what Booger T said, I, I feel like Booger T was trying to be like, hey, here's what I think you should be doing. But the problem is, is, Nobody's advocating that Naomi deserves a title shot. What we're advocating is that she deserves deserves a shot. Just let her, give her a a good storyline, and I guarantee you're going to be happy with the results because the fans are behind her. It's the same situation that we had a couple years ago, was it last year, with Asuka, where Vince McMahon, they had all the women all lined up on Monday Night Raw, and they were like, who deserves the next title shot? Is it Asuka? And the crowd went fucking crazy for her. And I forget who they ultimately chose to have a title shot with Becky, but everybody was just surprised that Oscar got as over as she did, and so they gave her a title shot on uh, at Royal Rumble because of it. And it's like you can't you can't discount the fans because the fans are ultimately online just telling telling you like, hey man, put in a better storyline, let her run the storyline, and I guarantee that by the time that she gets out of there, she won't fire every fan's gonna be behind her. Because we ultimately are. And it's not like we're asking to get some random person, right, like Ruby Riot, to get a push. We're talking about a former two-time SmackDown women's champion who at one time you had faith in. I, that's the person that we want to see. And that's, that's my thoughts. I think Booker T just needs to shut the fuck up and just understand that the game has changed. And if fans are behind you on social media, just as much as going to be with you buying your merch. So he just needs to Evolve his thought process. I'm gonna go last because I got a rant. So go ahead, Dan. You want me to go? Yeah, you go because I, I I got a rant and, I, and it's taking him everything in me because I've been distant and we talked about this you know a couple weeks now a couple couple days ago on the phone yeah. and I told you I had a rant coming today and it's been so, building all week. So go ahead, Damien. So in the words of me and my homeboy Patrick Booker T. Is Coonan. Point blank in general. He's Coonan. Like, I kind of get what he's saying, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you won't even stand up for black wrestlers, which is actually odd coming for me. You know, I don't, I really don't give a shit. But like, you, even Mark Henry, neither one of y'all are taking up for these black wrestlers. Yeah, you might be getting them these opportunities, but you're not pushing the envelope for them like you're not going out on a limb for them it's like you're saying well i gave you an opportunity good luck not gonna mess up my good name so to be honest with you 
as Cliff said, yo, Booker T needs to just shut his mouth. Like, really, shut the fuck up. Like, why? Why open your mouth? Why? Like, especially, you're not going to bat for anybody. You're just like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's not the way to go by it. Yeah, this is a new era. I mean, I've been watching wrestling since 1985. So I've seen, like, every change possible. It is not like the 90s at all. Like, it's a new fucking time. Like, shut the fuck up. Matter of fact, you should just stop doing the podcast. Go into retirement because you suck as, like, an announcer. So, dude, you can't wrestle no more. I'll give you your training school, but your brother's better. But, look, just give it up. There you go. Just, just give it up. Just, go ahead, JJ. Yeah, fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga. Like, <laughs> go ahead, JJ. All right. Because um, <clears throat> you had a good point, and you know it's it's a, not necessarily a counteract point, but when me and you were talking uh, this week, you had a good point no. that you made, and I was like, oh, I get that, but it still sucks. But you have a good point. No. Okay. So first, I'm gonna tackle what Cliff said about that they had faith in her. That's why they gave her the title. They didn't have faith in her to begin with. They just gave her the title because of the fan outcry before. The first, her first title run was because of the fans. And then it was like, oh, okay, well, we're going to give her the title in February. Black History Month. Get our brownie points. They, they never had faith in her. And this just so happened with, with the first time she had to drop because she got injured, right? Yeah, yeah she got they, injured. Yeah, they, they, dropped, they had to drop because she got injured, but then they gave it right back to her. And then she, like, lost it to Natty, right? Can't remember. Whatever. I think it was. Yeah, she did it to the Natty. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Did she lose Natty the first? No, she no. lost the Bliss, right? No. Ooh. No, she did lose to the Natty. She lost the Natty. Natty. Well, that, that was like SummerSlam, wasn't it? Yeah. Because she yeah. won that Mania when they were in Orlando. Because yeah. that was her little homecoming. That's when she came back from injury. And it was in her hometown. Yeah. Yes, and she lost in Natty's SummerSlam. Yeah. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Cliff's probably fact checking. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. But yeah. Go ahead. Like, they never had faith in her to begin with. They did. Because if that's the case, then they should have at least gave her uh, a, a, a lengthy reign. Like, from Romania to SummerSlam is not really a lengthy reign. Naomi, her character is different. You got the feel, the glow. Like that that's a cool that's a cool thing, you know. Titles light up. You have the title like with an LED light up, it doesn't look like a toy, but like, you know, it, it shows like personality and character, whatever. Um but they don't care. Hell, if if we're being honest, they don't care about Sasha either. The only reason why they even care about her is because she's a she's a part of the horse woman and she's probably the worst treated out of all of them, if we're being honest, until like up until now. For being, for being completely honest, um, Booker T's comments—they don't surprise me at all because, at the same time, he still has connections with the company. And he doesn't want to step on glass and ruin the bag there. So 
I I understand why he was like oh yada yada. What he what what he said was still like come on like stupid, and it's like really like you know you could like you know go the extra mile for at least black wrestlers and be like be like oh it's because they're not talented enough. But you but he even said that Naomi was at, was one of the most athletic and one of the most talented. But it's just that oh she doesn't have that it factor. Well, the company never gives them that it factor. We've seen time and time and time again, people that are talented in WWE are just in catering with uh, with a uh, freaking Titus O'Neil, Titus O'Neil catering. You always talk about Titus and catering. <laughs> why, why poor Titus? Because Titus well, sits back there in catering, man. That's yeah, all he sit, does. Now. Yeah, literally, you sit down. You get you got drafted to uh, Titus catering. Like so I mean, basically, you saying Booker T probably went to bat for somebody and it blew up in his face, so he's not going to do it no more. Maybe, or maybe he just he just doesn't want to step on the company's toes because he still has connections with the company. Mark Henry still has connections with the company, therefore oh, sure. they're not going to like shit on the company because guess what? They're still probably getting back from the what company. Um, it's just like it's kind of. I want to put a similarity. It's kind of like Drew Brees' comments when he was talking about uh, when they talk about how the flag, and he said the flag is a disrespect because yada yada yada. Even though the the interview was like, how's it feel about black injustice? And he like totally was tone deaf. In a way, Booker T is kind of tone deaf too. He doesn't understand. He's not. He's not. He doesn't get the point of why this hashtag even started. He doesn't get it because he doesn't understand it. But like Cliff was pointing out, Booker T should have won at Mania, especially given now they put the race race into SummerSlam. Oh, SummerSlam. My bad. SummerSlam. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Still stupid as shit. But yeah, but it's just a part of the business. Sometimes it's it's more than that. And sometimes you just got to look at the facts. It's just that WWE does have a bad track record with their black performers and, and a lot of the times the black performers are the best are the better performers but they aren't given the same opportunities just because they don't fit Vince's stick for women it's blondes typically you can say what you want it's it's blonde what caucasian blondes that's what he that's the the look that Vince likes or with Vince with the men it's big you know, big, muscular, usually Caucasian, unless you're Samoan, male. Yeah. I mean, oh. wrestling's been like that, though, since its inception. Well, yeah. It's gotten a little better, but not by much. No. Oh, and to fact check, uh, Bliss lost to Naomi. Naomi vacated it. Bliss won it back against Natty. And then at WrestleMania, Naomi beat Bliss to win in Orlando, and then she lost to Natty at SummerSlam. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was just that one era where Bliss was, like, having all the title. And, 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 so, all right. So, all right, all right. Tamina. What? <laughs> I, I try that, to keep it in the middle. That's where that, – that's low-key where this is going, Cliff, because – all right, come on, spit your fire, Ja Rule. <laughs> Let's do this. Put it on me. 
All right, so boom, show us that love. What's love? Here's the thing. So Naomi, I gotta break this down into different pieces because, like I said, when this when this first came out, and I'm always on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't, always you can follow me at Chaz underscore the Dawn. Um, on Twitter, if you don't already follow me, you gotta put my Twitter out there. Um, I'm always on Twitter. So I see when the Naomi, ha- you know, the hashtag started, and I was like, all right, cool, I'm with it. You know, I, I get it. Um, when Booker T had to, you know, to open his fucking Negro mouth, his big lipped ass, and it pissed me off. And it pissed me off because of the simple fact is that Booker T beforehand has talked about being a black wrestler in the 90s and trying to make it in this business in a predominantly white dominated business. He has talked about that numerous times in numerous interviews. And I honestly, I really feel like there was a documentary or something that he was on and he talked about that. So for him to come out and say that, well, uh, you know, it doesn't deserve this merit, uh, 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 shucka ducky quack quack, uh, uh, da, 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 uh, tell me you did not just say that, hashtag this, is completely asinine, but then it also does not surprise me, because like we all have said previously, the old heads, the African-American old heads, in this in the WWE do not go to back for black wrestlers in the company today. Point blank. And there's no if, ands, or buts about it. And you can and and I can everyone can agree with me that's on this podcast right now. You cannot refute that. Because we have seen right now Booker T with Naomi. We've seen Mark Henry, Leo Rush. We have seen that these African-American wrestlers who have made it, who have done something in the business, don't help put up or elevate, you know, and help these other talents that are of the same co- color. And, like, and I, I have to agree with Josh. It's because that they're getting paid from this company and they don't want to step on no one's toes. Naomi deserves better. Like we said, Naomi's a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion. And regardless on how she got it or why she got it, she is that for a reason. She has talent. We have seen her come up from being a Funkadactyl all the way up to feel the glow. So, and if anyone who has watched Naomi from when she was a part of Brodus Clay and the Funkadactyl, when she was a cheerleader, a freaking cheerleader in a sense. Literally. To what she is now, if you have seen that growth from that to that, you cannot tell me that she does not deserve better. I have seen Naomi put on matches on SmackDown for like literally 10 minutes and has been the best thing on a two-hour free television wrestling show. I have seen her do that. And what is the color of her skin? Black. She is the, she is a Negro female. You mean to tell me that because of the fact that the fans 
got on social media and know that she deserves better, that doesn't give her any merit to get a push. Let me bring you back to a person by the name of Daniel Bryan, who at WrestleMania, when that built to WrestleMania 30, when CM Punk said, yeah, fuck this shit, dipped when the fans went off. Let's talk about that Royal Rumble when Rey Mysterio came in at number 30 and everyone, sh- everyone in Philadelphia shitted the Royal Rumble because Daniel Bryan was in it because that's who they wanted. There, as that's no different from what the fans are doing on Twitter. So if they're going to do it for Daniel Bryan and let's say, hey, we're going to give this motherfucker two matches. You can beat Triple H and hell, you'll beat Randy Orton and Batista all in the same night, bro. Call it yes mania Yes, yes, yes. Why can't we do that for, uh, for Naomi? Yo, I'm, I'm about to say Tamina. Look, I'm, I'm already riled up. But why can't we do that for Naomi? Why? Why is it that when the legitimately the same thing it's the same thing. The only difference is because it's on Twitter. And I bet you, and I put oh my, I put my life savings on it. If there were fans in the arenas right now, that I bet you Naomi would be getting the pop of the night every Friday on Fox. But we don't have fans. So what do we do? We go to the next best thing. That's social media. That's Twitter. So why is it that there's a difference? Because let's be honest. And I can Booker T praise the fuck out of Daniel Bryan and the Yes movement. He praised that like shit when that was going on. But let Naomi, a black woman, get the same treatment that Daniel Bryan got, but on Twitter, nah, 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 we not. You know, I hate the hashtag, you know, just because you get trending on Twitter doesn't mean fuck that shit, man. It's the same thing, and it's the same thing that we have been talking about literally all all year long with with the race thing. And it's sickening that we have to still do this, but it's still a thing. Is that the and and it's sad because they don't go the black wrestlers that make it don't go to bat for the bat for black wrestlers who are in it now. They don't, and that's where the problem that lies in wrestling. And that's why I'm glad we have companies like independent companies like Fight Pro, like C3W that do something that put black talent up front and that to say, hey, we're not just shucking and jiving and we're not just, you know, enhancement talent. We're wrestlers and we actually have talent. And it's fucking sickening that Booker T had the audacity on his fucking podcast to say that she doesn't have the merit to get a push. You have got to be fucking kidding. Booker T, shut your fucking mouth. Get your ass, stay your ass in fucking Houston. Shut the fuck up. Do your wrestling school and stay the fuck away from wrestling as far as the WWE and trying to keep help people's talents concerned. Because at this point, you're not helping the cause. You are what's making it worse. That's my two cylinder because it's because it's literally it's it's just oh it's pissing it's just it's just frustrating that our own people can't build us up like 
It was like that. It's like that in the music business too. Exactly like that everywhere. Like that's the bad thing. Like you're right. It is in the music business. That's like that everywhere. Yeah, it is. Crazy thing about it. Everyone wants to talk about Black Lives Matter, but the black people are the ones that bring the black people down. Oh yeah, no, trust me. What sense does that make? I get a lot of Shaniquas at my job. Like I hate. This is a wrestling podcast, and I get that, but. When we bring when we break this specific topic down, it goes right down back to race and back to the fact that black people are the ones that keep black people down. It is. It happens all the time. It's sad. Like what the fuck? Like we we're the we're the one race that wants to say yeah black we know we did this we're in inequality we always bring you know the white man bring us down, but when. We trying to uplift our, each other up. We can't even do that. So what the fuck are we like? All like twenty twenty has been a year. If we can all nutshell, I know I'm ranting and I'm going on in a loop right now. But twenty twenty has been a year of everything. We got coronavirus. We got the Black Lives Matter going. You know George Floyd. Everything else. But what the fuck? Like, seriously, that's, that's, that's real. The big thing is, and I'm going to write it on this piece of paper, WTF. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, we will crazy. never, as far as, as, as black people, will never get ahead in life if we always tear each other down. And like Josh said, they got money coming from that company, so of course they're not going to step on toes. And that's the problem. Because black people like this, if we get our bag, that's cool. Fuck everybody else. And that's the, and that's the mentality that all black people have. Damon, you've been around longer than I have. And yeah. you, you lie as it is. Is that the mentality? No, it's a hundred grand fucking true. <sighs> it's sad. It's like, like you said, this is why you shouldn't give niggas money. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Because it's, it's all about me, 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 me. Like, oh. about everybody else. I got mine. Time for you to get yours, nigga. Get yours, nigga. Get yours. I got mine. Yeah. How does it help everybody? You know, that's my two cents on the whole thing. I know I went into a whole other rant and got into race and everything else. But as a black man, as a black wrestler who's legitimately right getting in his foot in the independent scene, it legitimately pisses me off that a Hall of Famer has just went on a podcast and said, yeah, you're right, exactly. And that makes it even worse. He's a two-time Hall of Famer. Said that someone don't has the merit because fans, who, who are what makes the fucking wrestling business go and what makes the wrestling business drive. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, this is, ugh. Well, here, let me give a perfect example, right? And I know, like, I'm probably not the one to speak of this because, you know, I'm white. But when you look at a when you look at like Rocky Maivia, right? When Rocky Maivia showed up, like fans initially accepted him and then just turned on him, like one hundred percent. And then he started floundering around the car. They were getting ready to fire him, but they put him with Ron Simmons and said, "Hey, what do you think you do with this kid?" And show us. And Ron taught Rock everything he knew, and he accepted all of it. And he accepted all the criticism. He accepted all the praise. And then he made this character that came out of nowhere. And then the company had to get behind him because fans got behind The Rock, right? And so you, you kind of see that. But what you don't see, and you're right, like, 
when it comes down like Booker and when it comes down to, you know, Mark Henry, like I don't know those guys personally. I don't know those guys. But Mark Henry was one of those guys in the nation of domination that got lifted up because of Farouk, because of Ron Simmons. Yeah. So it's weird to see someone like it's weird to see someone like Mark Henry come out and say, well, this is what you're supposed to do. And this is why Leo Rush and I didn't get along. It's like, well, wait a minute, man. Like, were you that guy? Did you not see something wrong with that? Why are you not helping out of these other guys? Like Ron did for you and your career. Like you should be, which I find funny because this last week on raw, who did we see show up on raw? We saw Ron Simmons. Yeah. He was there talking to MVP Bobby Lashley and eventually we saw Shelton Benjamin there like oh you mean to tell me that this is what we're doing again that we're going to rerun this whole angle like I'm not against I'm 100% for it but it's just weird to me that like we we and just people in general right and I understand really with the black community as well but rising tides lift all ships like we have to support everybody, especially with our market. We're wrestling fans. Like, oh, my God, we get shit on all the time. We just bitched about it two months ago about a comedian who said that we are the same as, was it, um, I forget who he classified us with. And we, we as a community got together and we were talking about Tom Segura like he was a piece of trash. Like, but now we go back. We go back to, like, hating on each other. That's not how it should be. And we want to get behind our favorite wrestler, and at this time, the flavor of the week, and I, I know it sounds crazy to say it like that, is Naomi. But Naomi has earned her right to get the fan support. She does it all the time. She had she had the loudest pop at the Royal Rumble. Yes. Facts. Be real. Facts. Everybody yeah. was hyped to see her. And then they and just like Miz Miz and um fuck and John Morrison said it. But you didn't win. She's like, yeah, you're right. I didn't win. But they acknowledged that she had the biggest pop. And then even, to be honest, the karaoke song contest, she sang the best. I don't care what Lazy Evans has to say. And even if you were being biased, I'm sure the crowd would have the crowd would have sold into it too. It's just yeah. give her a chance. Jesus, she is she is a sh- man. She is a shine. She's a light. Like people will follow her. And yeah, I I just didn't want to say she's a glow. But she's a light. Like, we can follow someone like her. And it's just, it's weird to me that Booker T would just be so quick to shit on people. And it makes me feel like I'm listening to um, Isaiah Washington on Romeo Must Die, where it's like, it's the crab theory. Like, nobody wants to get up, but nobody else wants to, everybody wants to pull each other down, but nobody wants to let the other person get up. They don't want to stay in the barrel. And it's like, bro, like, that's so crazy that you would see someone like Booker T say, like, he's trying to help her. But you're not helping when you say shit like that. Like, the hell with the hashtags. We're not going to get behind the fans. Like, get behind the fucking fans because they're the ones who pay for everything. Right now, you're getting advertising dollars from companies who pay because the fans are watching your product. Yep. What the fuck, man? I have one more thing. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I honestly, at this point, this is an open discussion. We only have okay. two topics. This is an open discussion. All right, so, so go ahead. So I want to go. I- I still got more to say, honestly, but oh, I'm trying okay. to I'm trying to hold it back. So, I'm really pissed off. <laughs> I'm hot. I'm hot. <laughs> See, here's the thing. It's not like we're saying Tamina deserves better. You know what I'm saying? Or say, oh, uh, uh Carmella deserves better, or you know what I'm saying? 
I'm not now. I'm not saying that they're not talented, but they're not like you know. As Mina's cool. trash. Mina's trash. She's garbage. But that's another rant for another day. Right. You had the your fans rant. are actually getting behind someone who actually has been uh, consistently good, um, consistently puts on great matches. Hell, consistently, she's always the highlight of that match. When, if you're talking strictly like when she's in matches, when you come out of a match, you, you, you're, the first thing you might be talking about is, oh, look what, that, look what Naomi just did. Look what, what, that, what athletic crap she just did. Look what she just did with the Royal – look what she did in the Royal Rumble. She just escaped the uh, – she just did the Kofi Kingston and escaped um, elimination. You know what I mean? We we talk about Naomi, even though she, even if she loses the match, she's she's like you know one of the main like highlights when you like you know talk amongst friends, talk amongst wrestling peers. Um, the the thing that bothers me is Vince is going the extra mile for someone like Lacey Evans, but the fans haven't really gotten behind her. This is. She's only been on the main roster almost for like a year now, and she's already been through a, a face turn, a heel turn, and a heel turn to a face turn back to a heel turn in a year. And she's still, I don't understand. She's still bland and she's still kind of boring. I mean, the thing was when Sasha helped elevate with the face turn, it was, it was okay with her daughter. That was okay. That's the thing. She's yeah. a horrible face. She's a heel. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, but like, just the gimmick itself, you can't turn that into a fucking face. You're a cunt. Oops. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, that's exactly what I see Lacey Evans as a heel. That's what I get. Like, I'm sorry. I like that a lot better than her trying to be, oh, this is for my daughter. You like, I feel like she paid somebody to be her daughter. Well, it's weird because it's like, with Lacey Evans, right, it's because she has that military background. They're really trying to use her as a face, but she she doesn't have that persona. Like her natural persona isn't always like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Like I'm I'm Lacey Evans. Come check me out." No, she's very like, she's very much to her core, you know. And that Southern Belle, like, she's literally telling people, "I'm better than you." She is the female version of MJF, if we can say yeah. that. That's what she is, and she's just meant to be a heel. She's not a face, but. When it comes back to Naomi and you're looking at someone like Naomi, Naomi is like someone that you legitimately, whether she, and she was okay as a heel, but she's great as a face. Like, yo, get behind her. Let her chase. If anybody should knock off Bailey, it's Naomi. Right. Anyone, because she's already a star. Just strap a rocket to her, put her in a match, let her run a best of series, move Sasha over to Raw, let her run that, and then just have her beat Bailey. Like, it just... It's so weird. Or move, move, um, fucking Naomi to Raw and let her run it. You're in the same place anyway. It's not like they're really getting separated from their loved ones. Let's at the moment, yeah. And even at that, Jay's fucking out for the next six, eight months. And then also, I want to point out, Naomi is actually a homegrown talent. She is. She is. She's been there for this uh, FCW. Yeah. She was there. <laughs> In that fucking hot-ass building. And she was kicking ass in FCW. Exactly. And that's what pisses me off. 
is that like you can't say that she hasn't shown you and she hasn't proven that she has the it factor and she cannot grab the bass the brass ring. Like you can't say that or that about her. Or that she hasn't improved. Like that's you know, what I think that's what I think what really gets to as far as Naomi's concerned is that from day one, she has shown you, she has proven that she is a star and she's a player in this business. From she she's been there from FCW. She hasn't she hasn't caused you any problems. She hasn't came out with DUIs and any random TMZ stories. She has been there from day one and shown you that, hey, I'm here to make a difference and to help you as a company. It's funny because I had to argue that point with somebody because they were like, um, one of my friends was telling me, he's like, well, why does Naomi deserve a chance? She's always in the news. I was like, name a time where she was in the news. No, no, nothing else. She's like, well, she's always around the Usos. I'm like, okay, that's the Usos problem. That's her fucking that's husband. Naomi. Like, well, right. didn't she get, didn't she get pulled over because she was driving down the run, wrong way of a runway? I was like, was she drunk? Or did she just make a simple mistake? Because what ended up happening was that Oos got out of the car, wanted to fight, and then got arrested. She didn't get arrested, but oh. he did. I was like, so what does she really have a problem? She, she has it. She's always there to elevate talent and shit. Like, she doesn't have a problem being a team worker. Like, she's – why you think – well, part of it, why you think she's had her job for so long, though, if you really think about it? Like, you – all these cuts – you could have been got rid of her, but they don't because, like, she there it is. is there, it player. Is. there it is, Damien. She has been there that long for a reason. For a fucking reason. Now use her for freaking sake. No, you're right. It's you're right. Like it's not like she hasn't earned her fucking stripes. Right. Like, and I'm just curious. Uh, though, I'm just curious to see though if and that's the thing I really hate about WWE is if you don't believe in the talent, why keep them? Yeah. Or if you're not going to use yeah, them, why the keep promotion. them? Cut them. Elsewhere. Cut her, let her go to AEW and watch what she does. When Trini How, let, her go to shows up. let her go to Impact. Exactly, but if she goes and anywhere. Impact, let me tell you something. I'm going I'm to talk about Impact real quick. Since we're on this topic, and like I said, it, it, this turns an open discussion. Impact has never, especially in the past couple years, has ever had a problem with showcasing black talent. And that is no. one of the main reasons why I will always defend Impact. No, you're right. They do. Impact never. And I never had that issue. You never see anybody, anybody talking about Impact holding back black talent. If anything, Impact is the is the flag bears for showcasing black talent on a on a on a TV based standpoint. And, and so the funny thing is they fun. always Willie have Mac, Moose, Chris Bay, don't fuck with Impact when it comes to black wrestlers. Well, I mean, look what they did back in the day though. Like, you know, our truth. Ron Killing, I mean? NWA champion and right. was that TNA Impact. So, like you know, they've always been doing it from jump. That's why, and that's the one thing I can, I never, you can never say a bad thing as far as Impact, as far as them showcasing black talent. You never say anything bad about Impact as far as that's concerned. But, like, yeah. it's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy, especially for Naomi. If we were talking about, let's say, I don't know, somebody newer, 
I can give or take, maybe. All right, maybe, you know. Well, yeah, they okay. deserve it, but, you know, got to earn their stripes. Give them a yeah. little more time, they'll get there. But Naomi has been there since day one. Like I said, since FCW. Before NXT was the deal. She was, was on the, the NXT reality show. She was on the NXT reality show. She yes, has been, she was on that bullshit. She has been through the ringer. She has done. She's been through the bullshit that they put her through. She's been through the good and the bad and the ugly. So why is that the problem? That when the fans get behind her and want to say, "Hey, we want Naomi at the forefront of the women's division." Why is that an issue? It's not like they have anything better to do because guess what? Becky's gone. Charlotte's gone. Who you have left? Ronda's not back, coming back anytime soon. So who's your star talent on the women's division? Because guess what? Sasha and Bailey can only go for so long as far as running both brands. Right. You know, Io Shirai is holding it down in NXT. NXT in itself is not even a problem because NXT no, not at all. is perfectly fine. But SmackDown and Raw, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because guess what? When SmackDown, I mean, sorry, when Sasha and Bailey lose tag belts, they can't really flex, you know, through both shows. So what are you going to do on SmackDown? What are you going to do? What, who, who actually shows the threat to Bailey for the title? Nobody. You keep giving us Bliss and, and, and Nikki by all, you know, cool and all, but they don't pose a threat. Give Naomi nope. the shot. Give her the chance. Maybe you might get people actually watching the fucking show and your viewership won't go fucking down to the, its lowest numbers in history. Because that's where WWE is at as far as Raw and SmackDown is concerned. Their viewership ain't all that in a bag of chips. Rumors going around about Fox dropping SmackDown. So let's do something different. I think, I think my bigger problem too is like, you're right, like to start off, um, it's not like we're asking Bianca Belair to get a big push. We're talking about right, like I, I can't like, That's the thing, like we're not asking for Bianca to get a push. We get it. She just got called up not too long ago. And you had her on main event, then that's another here and oh. that's another rant for another day. But like we're not asking for we're asking for someone who's been there from jump street. From the jump. Why? Who was there before the revolution? The evolution, whatever you want to call it. Thank you, Cliff. Fucking thank you. And I must have like a whole aneurysm talking about that. Because like, yes. Yes, you're right. Before the whole evolution, revolution even happened, Naomi was there. And she was solid. Like, heel-wise, she was super solid. I just, it's it's weird that like someone like Booker T would just sit back and just be like, well, the hell with it. If you're saying the hell with the hashtags, you're pretty much just saying the hell with the fans. Like, yeah. that's what you're saying. It's tw- exactly. It's 2020. That's what the fans do. Twitter is a real thing, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's been there since The Rock he was doing it when he came back and said, seen the lady parts now trending on Twitter. It's still a thing even in 2020. It's not going anywhere. Like, fuck Booker T. Fuck him. In the ass with a straw, because that's personally how I feel about him. It's like we're never going to reality of wrestling. No, because I I wouldn't even want to work him. (laughs) Fuck him, bro. Like dead ass. I know. I'm right there with you. Ass, because it's it's a damn fucking shame, bro. 
that uh, that him of all people had the nerve to say the fuck out his fucking mouth. To say ah, he the hell with the hashtag. But he praised fucking Daniel Bryan when the same fucking shit happened. And Daniel Bryan got what? The fucking main event and the opening fucking match of Russell fucking Mania. Fuck him, bro. Coonan. Like I told you before. This is me to fuck off. I got to stop fucking yelling. I'm in a fucking apartment before they kick me the fuck out. I'm pissed off, man. It's just, it's just fucking sickening, bro. Fucking sickening. We can talk for this all out. We got to, we got to, I got to wrap up, man. Cause this, we can, we can sit up here and talk about this all day long. Like it's just all in all, I guess. I mean, that's my point. My point is this book. is just Naomi deserves no, I'm not even gonna say this word deserve. Naomi is owed. She is owed a shot, you know, at being, you know, one of the top players on SmackDown. Point blank. Period. Period. The bar none. Stamp it. Not just and not even and I'm not even gonna say, not even based off her athletic ability, not even based off her wrestling ability. Just the fact that she has been there since day one. She's kept faithful, dude. Exactly. When, you know, no no offense to anyone, you know, when they got released, the jump shifts, the impact, and AW and everything. No offense to them because you got to do what you got to do in this wrestling business to make sure you're good. But yeah. Naomi stayed. Naomi has been there through everything like we, like we have talked about. She was there at FCW. She was there at the reality show that was NXT. She was a fuckadactyl. And she busted her fucking ass. To get better. And she gets better every time she gets in there. That's the thing. It's not like she's not, like she's learning new shit. She's getting better and better every time she gets in that ring. Exactly. All aspects. It's not even just her athletic ability. Like, you can see the character building and just her trying new things and not being afraid to, to fucking take that leap. And not too many freaking people do that, especially in that system. Exactly. No, you're right. You're no, right. They don't want to step on Master's toes. It's, and, that's, and, that, that, and that's the bad thing. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. But It is. And it's it like nobody has bumped anymore. But, you know... That's just Naomi does deserve better. The hashtag was as as true as it can be was the right thing to do. It was right in the hashtag, and quite frankly, we as as far as you know wrestling fans, even as black wrestling fans, need to keep pushing that hashtag because she does deserve better. She does. And vice versa, other African-American black wrestlers deserve better. So we'll leave it at that because, like I said, we could go on this tangent literally for hours. And quite frankly, I want people to listen to the whole podcast. <laughs> so, you know, uh, all in all, I think we all can agree on the simple fact is that Booker T can go shut the fuck up. Yep. So, yeah. hey, all righty, cool beans. So, yeah, Naomi deserves better, point blank. But 
Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Jamie was here earlier, but um, he had an emergency, so he had to go. So, with that being said, my name is the icon, the Don, Chaz Evans. I'm here with the Napster, JJ, Joshua Evans, Q, whatever you want to call him, but just don't call him late for dinner. Here with the uh, landlord of the dog pound, the red dog, Cliff Miller. Here with the 15,000-year-old supervillain, Damien Fatale. Jesus, better pay him his money before he recalls. Yeah, I don't even want to say what's going to happen if he doesn't pay him his money. But ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the podcast. Um, thank you for listening to this episode. This has been a <laughs> this has been a fun episode because um yeah, Chaz went off about race. So um, with that being said, make sure you tune in, ladies and gentlemen, to all our episodes on YouTube if you want to see visual episodes of our. Uh, podcast so definitely subscribe to us on youtube three count podcast you can see the visual um of all of our interviews as far as now enter the ring you can see when chaz takes a bathroom break and he leaves out the middle of a <laughs> of a show because he has to go pee um also if you have not followed us on instagram follow us on instagram um we post clips and we uh also have funny memes apparently on instagram follow us on twitter because uh, the Twitter is where it's at, apparently, because uh, that's where Twitter is. Twitter, follow us on Twitter at uh, three counts for pod. Um, what else? Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt at uh, progressingtees.com slash three count pod. Show your support. And if you do get a three count podcast t-shirt, take a picture in it, post it on your uh, favorite social media. We will, I promise you, we will repost it you know, help you out with your followers because that's the thing now in 2020. Got to get them follow- followers up. So, I don't want people following me. That's fine. It's okay. But they can follow you, though, at 3 count underscore pod on Twitter and at Instagram at 3 count pod. So, with that being said, like I said, we're all here. Chaz Evans, Josh Evans, the Napster, Cliff Red Dog Miller, and the supervillain Demi Fatale, and, you know, the ghost of... Jeremy Grimes, thank you for listening to um, this episode of the Three Count Podcast and be there next time for the next episode. So be there or, well, be somewhere fucking else. Cars, you're talking Ladies and gentlemen, boys of girls of all ages, this is Jeremy Showtime Grimes here to let you guys know that you need to check out the best podcast on YouTube or any platform possible. I'm talking about the Three Count Podcast. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, all at the Three Count Pod or the Three Count Podcast. You will not only find me, but you'll find the Red Dog, Clifford Miller. You will find the Icon, Chaz Evans. And you'll find much more great content. You'll see a lot of great people. And if you don't, well, that's just too bad for you. So be there or... Nah, you know what? Be there. Not anywhere else. Because it's time to show up and show up, baby. And it's showtime. There you go, Cliff.